Today we are in a sermon series called Wisdom, in which we are seeking wisdom in our lives. We all are bombarded with knowledge and information and content every day from so many sources. And the question is, what do we do with that information? And that's what we're talking about. Wisdom is knowing how to apply the information and knowledge and experience of our lives to help live a life that is full in God. And so we've been looking to the Bible to help us understand what wisdom is, and we will continue doing that today. So glad that you're here again. Those of you who are joining us in worship in person, uh, those of you online are joining us from upstairs in our modern sanctuary, we welcome you in. Uh, Pastor Kyle Thompson, and so glad to have you here with us today. So when I turned 50 years old a couple of years ago, uh, it was an interesting time, kind of challenging for me. And uh, right around that time, I kept getting these uh, mail, uh, mailers in the snail mailbox uh, about from AARP, the American Association of Retired Persons, wanting me to join the club. And if I joined the club, they'd give me this real fancy cooler for my car I could put in my trunk. Well, so far, I've resisted the urge to join the AARP, and nothing against them. I'm sure they're a great organization, but I'm, I'm resisting that for two reasons. One, I'm not retired. I hopefully have several more years to go. hope you guys will keep me around for a little while longer because I love it here. I love what I get to do and worshiping God and being a part of this congregation. And, and the other part is if I join AARP, it would kind of be like admitting to myself that I'm getting older. And I might not want to be getting older, right? And so, the, but then the question is, why am I so resistant, right? Because getting older should be a good thing, shouldn't it? Right? We're grateful that we still have life. We can still get out of bed. We're, 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 that should be something that we celebrate. In other cultures around the world, getting older is like the best thing. It's the most respected thing. You're the most revered person, right? And so it's something that you look forward to in some cultures in the world. But I have been raised in America, and our culture favors the young. Uh, and you can see that. Uh, how many millions of dollars are made each year trying to get people to look or feel younger? Right? All the plastic surgeries, the Botox, the facelifts, the other lifts, if you know what I mean. Right? It's a multi-million dollar industry. All the commercials you see on television are asking us to do what? Take this product and you will feel younger. You'll stay younger. You'll look younger. I haven't seen many commercials on television or in the media that say, hey, do this and you can look older. Right? No, no one really seems to do that. You don't see a lot of older people in bikinis on the beach. Right? So... Our culture favors the young, and that's not fair. We're going to talk today about the wisdom of those of us who have aged in life and the good things that, that happen in that. But our culture doesn't really see it that way. It's, it's a young person's culture, and we revere the young people. What you see on the Internet, the television, the movies, all that kind of stuff favors the young. There is ageism in America. You've probably seen people on both sides of the political spectrum questioning whether Donald Trump or Joe Biden can rule the nation or lead the nation because of their age, that they might both be past the age of ruling. And so that's an attack by both parties on, on each of them. And so, you know, it got me to thinking, like, when in our lives do we think that growing older is a problem? Like, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to get older. Is that your, your story too? Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be older so I could stay up later so that I could watch PG-13 movies or rated R movies or I could drive, I could vote. You know, people want to be able to drink legally, right? So we look forward to all these rites of passage. And so when you're a young child, you want to keep getting older 
At what point do you stop saying, I wish I was older and I wish I was younger? Is that the 29th birthday? Because a lot of people say, how old are you? I'm still 29, right? 29 is the ongoing age. I found an article uh, on, online from the BBC in England that said that they say that around the age of 26 is when people stop looking forward to getting older and they start trying to hang on to their youth. Probably because they can do all those things that I mentioned, right? You can do all the fun stuff somewhere in your mid-20s and so then you start dreading growing older. I read another article that said most people start to feel old somewhere around 40. Because that's when the body starts not being able to do everything it used to. you got the aches and the pains. But that's, of course, a relative turn. Some of us feel old at 30. Some of us don't feel old until we're 70 or 80 or 90, right? But our culture favors the young. Why is that? What's wrong with growing older? What's wrong with living longer lives? Don't we all want to live as long as we possibly can? So I think there's several reasons. I, th- I think one is physically Right? It's hard for us to grow older and our bodies begin to break down. And we, we don't want to experience that where our bodies are starting to break down. We don't want to experience physical pain. We don't want to lose our mobility. We, we, we don't want to look older. Right? We, we think that we're not going to look as good when we get older. So I think some of it's physical. Some of it's mental. We don't want to lose our mental health either or our ability to be independent, our ability to be mobile. And so we fear that we're going to lose that independence moving forward. Some of us, it's a financial concern. Will we run out of money at some point? Have we saved up enough money in retirement? Will we have to go back to work? Uh, that's a, some of us, we just think we're not respected, right? There's a negative stigma upon people who are older. Like, hey, you kids, get off my lawn, right? That's the kind of person they put on the movies and, and stuff like that, rather than the revered states, states men and women that have lived great lives. And I think some of the, the, the worry of growing older is that we'll be lonely. The older we get, some of the people that we love die. And we're celebrating May Reese's life today. We're, we're missing May Reese. There are other people in our lives and our families that the longer we live, they begin to die and, and we feel lonely. And I think the biggest thing that makes us not want to grow older is every day that we grow older is the day that we're closer to dying. And that's a hard thing to accept, the death of other people and also our own mortality. That the older we get, the closer we get to dying, and that makes us feel very uncomfortable, which is interesting, right? For those of us who follow Jesus, those of us who believe in life to the full, those of us who believe in life eternal, that life doesn't end at death, that it takes a new step. But there's still something inside of all of us that just fears dying, and we associate that with growing older. So what do we do with this? Because in America, if we face the truth, we're as, we're, as, we're as old as we've ever been in America, like the average age, right? Look at some of these stats that I found. The median age, that's the middle, right? So if you start at zero and you go up to the oldest person, the median age in America right now is 38.9, so age 39. So if you're 39, you're middle age. Right? You, you, you're, you're middle age. I'm way past middle age, y'all, so... Uh, uh, one more slide can share some information about us. Uh, can you go to the next one? The percentage of the U.S. population older than 65, like retirement age, in 2023, 56 million people, about 17%, 17% of our, our community in the United States is retired, or of the age to retire. In 2030, that will be 20%. In 2034, seniors will outnumber children 18 and under for the first time in U.S. history. So we are an aging 
We're an aging population. And so we really need to look at what it means to grow older and can there be good things in that? Absolutely. Uh, here's a great quote uh, that we have that I found. This is not from the, the book of Proverbs in the Bible. It's just some unknown quote. Knowledge in youth is wisdom in age. We have information in the youth. When we're older, we know what to do with it. We've been through the school of hard knocks. We've been through life. And so our experience helps us gain in wisdom. Uh, in 2006, uh, a golfer named Tom Lehman uh, was in charge of the Ryder Cup team for the United States, if you don't know about this in golf. So every couple of years, they would get a group of American golfers to go play against a group of European golfers. And golf is a very individualistic sport, but this is kind of a team feel to it. And so 2006, the Americans had lost the last couple to the Europeans. And so Tom Lehman's in charge of, of, uh, of the team. And so he does something pretty interesting. He goes and he talks to a basketball coach. But it's not just any basketball coach. It's John Wooden, uh, who coached the UCLA Bruins to like 10 national championships, the wingest college coach in history. And John Wooden at that time was 95 years old. And he understood team sports. He understood team mentality. Golf's not a team mentality. And so Tom Lehman went to a 95-year-old man of another sport to ask for his advice. I think that's a sign of wisdom. Now, sadly, we lost the, the, the Ryder Cup that year. <laughs> so it didn't work out. <laughs> but two years later, we won it. So maybe they applied the lessons across the two years, and, and it worked out. But we look in the, this is from Proverbs. We've been studying Proverbs a lot. They were written about a thousand years before Jesus by King Solomon, who was the king of Israel about a thousand years before Jesus. God asked him, Solomon, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? Solomon said, I want wisdom. And so Solomon wrote some of this stuff down. And this is some of what Solomon says in Proverbs. Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It's attained in the way of righteousness. So I got a crown on my head, y'all. I mean, I'm excited about that. Maybe I will join AAR party. We'll see. Uh, Proverbs 32, 22. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she's old. Right? Honor your parents. Right? Honor your parents. And the next one in Exodus is the same thing. Uh, this is one of the top ten commandments. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land. The Lord your God has given you. Honor your elders. Honor those who are older than you, especially your family. Let's keep going. First Kings 12, 6, King Rehoboam. This is Solomon's son. King Solomon, the wise king. This is his son, King Rehoboam. Consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. He asked his father's advisors how to deal with the people of Israel. Unfortunately, he didn't listen to them, and things went really bad for Rehoboam. Right? He asked he heard, but he didn't implement what the older people said, and it caused a lot of trouble uh, for him and the people of Israel. Job 12, 12, is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? Uh, let's keep going with Isaiah 46, 4. This, this is to those of you who consider yourselves old or old age. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. This is God talking to you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. So in Scripture, there's a lot of respect for those who are older, those who have gained wisdom through experience, and that God asks us to respect and admire those who are older than us, that they have lots of wisdom. Now, I do have to say a disclaimer. Just because you're older doesn't mean that you're wiser. I've met some people that make decisions in their old age that are not smart, right? 
Not wise with your time, not wise with your money, not wise with relationships. So just because you grow older doesn't mean that you get wisdom. But a lot of people who do grow older have learned from those experiences and have gained wisdom and are worth listening to. And in the Bible, you're never too old to serve God. God is all the time shaking things up, and uh, there's never a time that you need to stop serving God. Abraham and Sarah, who were the, the founders, the ancestors of the nation of Israel, do you know when they started their family? When Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, they had their son Isaac, right? Check that out in your mind, right? Like 190 started the family of the nation of Israel. Moses, when he and his brother Aaron went before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to say, God wants you to let the people of Israel go. You had them in captivity. You know how old Moses was? Was he 20? Was he 30? No, he was 80 years old. God said, Moses, I need your life experience to go and do this great thing of liberating the people from Israel. Aaron, I need your wisdom. 80 and 82. We looked at Joshua last week. Joshua helped lead the people out of the desert of Israel of Egypt into the land of the promised land. And we read his words last week. You remember how old he was when we read his scripture last week? 110 years old. Still leading at 110 years old the people of the land of Israel. In the New Testament, we meet a prophet named Anna. Right, this is powerful. We don't have a lot of female prophets named in the Bible. This is a, a spokesperson for God. Anna is a prophet. She gets to meet the baby Jesus when he is brought into the temple to be dedicated. Do you know how old Anna was at that time when she was still prophesying for God in the temple, meeting the baby Jesus? 104 years old. 104 years old. You're never too old to serve God. You're never past it. You're never over the hill. God has use for you no matter what your age is. Right? That's on the flip side too, young people. Right? God called some young people to do things. Mary, the mother of God, was 13 when God called her to do that. Right? We see Timothy in the Bible. Right? You're never too young, never too old to serve God. We see some beautiful mentoring relationships in the Bible. Right? A man named Samuel, was, or a boy named Samuel was... Uh, was uh, mentored by an older man named Eli. Right? We see that the prophet Elijah mentored a younger prophet named Elisha, and that was a powerful relationship. We see Paul in the New Testament teaching Timothy, a young man, how to be a pastor, how to be a follower of God. We see in the New Testament, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is mentored by her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant at the same time, and she goes to Elizabeth to learn from her. So we see this beautiful mentoring relationship in, in our lives. And it's also true in our lives. I invite you to think right now of, of someone or some people in your life who you have learned a lot from who are older than you, who passed on wisdom to you. And maybe it's your parents and you wouldn't admit it at the time, but now you're just like them and, and, you're, and you're doing things like that. Maybe it was a professor. Maybe it was someone at your job who kind of uh, brought you up under their wing. Maybe it's a neighbor, somebody in your life who you learned a great deal from who had more experience than you. I could sit here all day and name people that just have influenced me in my life who were older than me at the time. My grandparents, I love them, honor, respect them, still miss them to this day. Uh, grateful to my parents for doing all that they did to raise me. Um, my mom is a miracle. She is a survivor of breast cancer, of open heart surgery. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. 
she's always been in good health, just had those things pop into her lives, but she fought it, and thanks be to God, she got through that, and now she's one of the most healthy people you'll ever meet. Like, I looked at her, like, she's all the time walking and eating right, and it's just awesome to see what she's done. My dad has been a big impact on my life uh, as, a, as a father to my sons, as a pastor. He's a retired pastor. Here's a picture of me uh, with my dad. Um, that's when he retired at Lake Junaluska after serving uh, in the church. Uh, and that's Luke when he was a newborn baby. Uh, and the sun is kind of blinding me, but really I was probably asleep because I didn't have <laughs> any sleep. But So my dad retired, uh, and he, he taught me how to be a good dad. At least I, I strive to be a good dad like him. I remember when um, I went to my first church out of seminary. I was early 20s. I was nervous. Like, how am I going to pastor a group of people who have lived more life than me? Who have, I was single, who've been married, who have kids, who have had diseases, who have died, had people who have died. Like, how can I, as a young pastor, come and, and, and be their pastor and, and, and help them? And my dad said, Kyle, you just need to love them and don't pretend to know anything that you don't. And I learned from them as they learned from me about Scripture. And I learned a lot more about Scripture than I was probably teaching. And so it was just good advice uh, from my dad. Uh, here's a picture of one of my mentors uh, in Divinity School, uh, Pastor Willard Williams. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm choking up a little bit today. He uh, was a pastor in retirement of a Methodist church up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I was... Uh, I did my first internship with him. And so he let me preach. He let me teach Bible study. He let me help me lead a congregation. And that's when I really started figuring out what it meant to be a pastor. And he and his wife would have me over, and they cooked me southern food and collard greens and fried okra. And they were really like grandparents to me. And so I'm grateful for their influence in my life. Who are those people in your life? And many of you are those people to me. Uh, you're in your later 50s or 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even up to 100. And you have mentored this wet-behind-the-ears pastor about what it means to be a pastor in this place. And we have some of the most vibrant people who are 80 and 90 and over 100 years old. And uh, I just want to be you when I grow up. And I just appreciate your patience uh, and your wisdom and helping lead our congregation to do great things for God. I, I stand in, in gratitude to you. Who are those people in your life? So what's the point today? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? This is what I think it is. When you need wise direction, look to someone well down the right road. When you need wisdom, look to someone who is well down the right road. Remember, there's some people who are old that don't have wisdom, right? We want to look to people that we trust and respect, who have gone places that, that we need to go. Who are those people in your lives? So I invite you to consider three action steps today. One is seek out older people. Who are the people in our church? Who are the people in your family? Who are the people in your neighborhood? Who are the people that you work with, go to school with? Seek out their wisdom and learn from them. Secondly, be open to sharing your wisdom with younger people. If you're older, if you have wisdom and experience, you know, look to share that when someone's interested in hearing that from you. And 
Right? If you're 30, you could share that with someone who's in their 20s. If you're 20, you could share that with somebody who's a teenager. If you're 15, you could share that with your uh, 10-year-old or 11-year-old brother or sister. Right? So it doesn't mean that you have to be retired to share wisdom with someone who's not yet experienced that. Right? And then finally, rethink aging. Right? In America, aging's not good. We frown upon it. We don't look at it as positive. I think maybe it's time to look more like the Bible looks at aging, right? To value it, to, to look at it and to revere it like other cultures in our, in our world do. So what do you think about aging and how might you be able to look at that differently? In closing today, I want to show you a video that, that might lighten the mood a little bit today uh, with all that's going on. Uh, and just check this out and see what you think. I am 83 years old. Uh, I was... I was uh, in the McDonald's drive-through this morning, the young lady behind me leaned on her horn and, and, and started mouthing some ugly things because I was taking too long to place my order. So when I got to the first window, I paid for her order along with, with my own. The cashier must have told her what I had done because as we moved up, she leaned out her window and, and, and waved to me uh, as she began mouthing, thank you, thank you, probably feeling embarrassed that I had repaid her rudeness with kindness. When I got to the second window, I showed the server both receipts, and I took her food, too. <laughs> now she has to go back to the end of the queue and start, and start all over again. Don't blow your horn at old people. We've been around for a long time. that good or what? <laughs> I love it. That's Pastor Charles Swindoll, Chuck Swindoll. If you're looking for wisdom in the life, look, for, look to someone well down the right road. And don't mess with old people. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.